0: Welcome to a special edition of ARG Presents. I'm your good friend, your good buddy, Amigo Aaron. Joined live and in living color by this crotchety grump of a man, this bear of a boy. Give it up for the Brent. Hey, you know... What's going on, to Brent? We're back together again. Bears can be pets. How long has it been since we were together filming a episode of ARG in
1: the same facility? Oh, I don't know. the The days have been so glorious without it. I can't recall.
0: Yeah, it's been a it's been a long time. It's literally been years since we did a live ARG. We did the we did uh, the, uh, the the Thanksgiving giving and thanks and for stuff. Yep. But we haven't actually got done an ARG, so this is very exciting. I'm very fired up today. For some super fun action uh, last week. Oh, we, you're gonna be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got, a, you got a good point there. <clears throat> last week we did spin the wheel. We made the deal, Brent. And there's the wheel right there. <clears throat> and this week, Brent, I'm excited about this one. We're gonna be playing games from the Bam. It's the Commodore Pet, the Aww. Brent, the Commodore Pet. Now, before we
1: got the Commodore Pet going here, what did you know about the pet? I definitely knew it existed, and that is literally it. Uh, I've never got to play with a pet. I've never uh, uh, interacted with it. I've never loaded one up on an emulator. So this week was one hundred percent new. Yeah, and which is crazy because I love the sixty four, yeah. Commodore sixty four. You know, I knew a little bit, but I had to go brush
0: up on my on my brain patterns here. But I do have a little b- something to say about the old pet here. So. You know, here's what I like about Commodore, okay? Commodore ro- changes with the times, all right? And sometimes when you force their hand, they treat you like garbage. They rule you like a king. That's what they do. Jack Tramiel at the head. Yes. He took no prisoners. Businesses war. So Commodore was making a killing back in the mid-70s with, guess what, calculators. Absolutely. You weren't alive when calculators were like a really big deal. Uh, well... No, I mean, they were a huge deal. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. No. And neither were you. No, I was. I mean, you would have this thing in your hand. You're like, holy crap. Yeah. I mean, it was a big deal. And they weren't cheap, brother. No. Those things were costly. And so, Commodore was doing pretty good. Well, Texas Instruments was like, hey, how about a little of that sweet action for us down here in Texas? (laughs) And so, the chips that Commodore used in their calculators, Texas Instruments blew up the price on them. Yep. To the point where Collinard couldn't them. They couldn't play ball in that field anymore. Yep. So Collinard started looking around, and they found an outfit called Moss Technology, M-O-S Technology, and they'd been working on basically a drop-in replacement for the Texas Instrument chip, okay? And they made one, and yep. then they got sued. <laughs> Texas Instrument's not happy. And so they made like the diet big K knockoff of the chip. <laughs> and they changed it just enough to it so it would get it would get past uh, uh, the law. Okay, they thought that the moose <clears throat> And so that that was your new that was your new gimmick, right, for your calculators. Well, listen, the calculator market, there was a fellow, a genius fellow that worked for Most no, named Chuck Peddle. All right, you ever heard that name? No. He's a pretty famous guy. He was he was the big King Dong behind these new processes. And he told he told us, like, listen, this is these calculators are gonna go by the wayside. You need to get into something a little more potent. A little meatier. That's right. And he's talking about the PC market. All right. Now, if you're gonna consider that the PC market in the late 70s was pretty low. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't a PC
1: market in the well, late Well, the whole 70s.
0: PC market was real low. Oh, wow. really, really low. And so, but I mean you did have like the Apple. Yeah, you know, and and T.R.S. eighty was dipping their toe in the pool. You had so that you had a few players. It was just starting to get to
1: happen. <sighs> That's starting right. To, the ball starting to roll. And yeah.
0: so, of course, uh Tramel listened to pedal. They they said, "Screw this! We're not going to this happen." And he bought Moth Technologies. That's a story for a whole other time because I've heard it was as shady as it gets from Commodore. Uh, Commodore is shady. I don't believe it. Again, this is the company that would. <laughs> They would not pay for their molded cases, and then when the company that made the cases ran out of money, they'd go buy them. That was a shady crap they'd pull. So anyway, they bought MOS Technologies. They own they owned the chip maker. So now it was time to put together something. And so the early computers were sort of like a glorified calculator in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. They I'd had agree. they had a the ability to have have uh, I O with like a, a keyboard, like it was a real small gimmick. You had, you, but you did have the ability to. Store stuff to tape, and there was an actual ability to put out a display. But they were real, real remedial, okay. And so uh, they thought to themselves, "Hey, we've got something. These are selling pretty well. These little kind of kit—they're almost like a kit computer. So let's get into trouble here." And so they ended up releasing the very first Commodore PET. Now, the PET was an interesting beast. Uh, it was—it was, it was all—it was made of all made of metal. All right. So this thing. Computer you can beat a man with. I think I saw a pet one time in person because they had one that came to my school one time. But that's the only time I've ever seen one myself. (laughs) Was it a traveling pet? (laughs) You got to think back in the day, schools, they would go over the county to show these things. Like we ended up getting a uh, TRS-80 Model 1, I think it was. And so this was, we had this computer. It was in one classroom when I was in middle school. In grade school, the only computers we had were like an abacus. We didn't have nothing. You know, of course we st- we are st- still using stone tablets. We back knew what then. time it was to go home thanks to a sundial. When, yeah. it, when it was cloudy, we were at school for ten hours. <laughs> so anyway, they so here comes the very first pet. Now, when you look at this big metal uh, beast of a, of a machine, uh, what you've got here is a is a uh, uh, is a big box for those listening to radio with a, with a kind of a. Uh, what would you call it, trapezoidal monitor that sits on top? Yeah, I think that's fair. And the original monitors, a lot of times when you think pet, you think those monochrome monitors. And it was monochrome. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but the the original pet was black and white. Yeah, <clears throat> black yeah. and white monitor. And uh, it's funny. I read that Petal was getting it ready to show at CES, and they they were like they were as usual in the true tradition of CES. They were at the last second trying to get this thing ready and they had to go and buy a TV at a local hardware store to rig up for the, for the video. <laughs> Can you imagine that? There's a, <laughs> I know, but that sounds, that's so beautifully awesome. That, you know? That's very
1: Commodore as well. So it
0: is. And so this thing, like I said, they, it was a hit at CS. They started making it. So you've got the kind of black and white monitor, and then you've got this keyboard. I got a picture here put up front right of my screen. It was a keyboard that it looked like it was from another planet. It's completely rectangular, and all so that there's no offset keys. All the keys are laid out like just like a uh,
1: like a grid. Yeah, yeah, they're they're true squares, and it's it's, a bunch of squares to make up one big letter. That's right. And
0: then it's got a a key. It's got a keypad on it. You know, like a number number
1: pad. Yeah,
0: but there are no numbers over the letters, (laughs) and it's also got all kinds of crazy symbols on it, which is also a Commodore tradition. So this was, this is, by the way, good luck typing on this. Oh, yeah, yeah. (gasps) I believe the original Commodore had a 4K memory, I mean, a pet, and so this is basically enough to, like, hold a screen of text. I mean, for all, it's it's a very, you know, and and the OS takes up some of that uh, screen uh, 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 area. So what would you do with the original pet? Well, it could do programs, it could do basic, and also... Word on the street is, this was the first, one of the, if not the first computer to license Microsoft BASICs. They had true Microsoft BASIC on mm-hmm. this thing. Something else I think is neat about these, is like you could pop them open like a, like a hood of a car. Yeah. The they fold back, back up, yeah. and, if, and if you've got a little gimmick, like you'd have with the hood of your car, <laughs> yep. and it goes in like Prop a up. hole. Yep. It's pretty cool, though. I mean, that's a great way to work on these things. No, it's
1: not. That's a horrible way to work <gasps> it on ha- these it's
0: things. It's IO was a, was a tape deck that was built in. A lot of Dick Smith built directly into the front of the case, and it was like, from what I read, they just us went out and bought a bunch of office the, off-the-shelf uh, tape decks, modified them, and just literally screwed them in. Yeah, and I the front <laughs> front sticks out. You know, pretty cool. You know, and so these end up doing pretty well. I should mention that in Europe, uh, they couldn't use the Pet moniker. That's out. You know why? Trademark issues. I don't know if the Pet Rock was big in Europe or whatever it was. So they had to call it the uh, CBM over there. Horrible name. Yeah, well, Pet's better. Pet stands for something, but no one, it's just Pet. Yeah. You know, let's face facts. We, that, that's what it is. So the original Pets did, did, pretty, did pretty well, and so they had to come out, they came out with some more models. I was just telling Brent before the show, uh, the Pet was numbered in ways that would kind of indicate what it could do. For example, if you've got a model a pet that's 4016, all right, the numbers, that would mean it's 40 columns, 16k. All right? If you had an 8032, that would mean you got an 80 column, 32k. Yeah. That's use that's the way it goes. Now they would they would end up uh, coming up with gimmicks to increase the RAM and stuff. The original pets had no audio at all. Okay, and so, but someone realized you could hook up a, a, a speaker to a couple points in there, and you can generate some beats. Yeah, and a lot of people, I guess, did this. So, in future models, they would include a little speaker in there. But these things are a little bit like some of the old kit machines we looked at. People rigged up all kinds of crazy stuff. I even saw a guy that uh, there was a there's a way you could hook up the uh, sound chip out of a C64 into these things, so you can have awesome oh, sound. Now that would be pretty. Nothing, cool. of course. Nothing would support that.
1: Oh yeah, I mean you can write. The your thing own I saw I, it. saw, I saw,
0: I saw. There's a demo, Blue Dot. There's a demo team that I guess it's like had demos, and this demo was awesome. And they had uh, this rock and music. That's what they'd done. They'd put the they'd put the C64 sound chip in the machine, which is kind of. Of course, cool. when
1: you get to that kind of modification, is it even a pet anymore? Well, oh yeah, oh it's yeah. Kind of like a pet hybrid. So
0: uh, the uh, the pet did well, like I mentioned. And it did well. Here's the real, for us, now listen, these were business machines, right? They weren't yeah. messing around. We're gamers. Like, we don't care about business. Clearly, we've failed in that genre. <laughs> but people took these counter business machines and they said, we're going to play some games. Well, these old pets had zero graphics, zero graphics. Yeah. You couldn't generate graphics on. So what you could do was, it's the old C64 and VIC gimmick. Yep. This is where it came from. It had a thing, they had all these symbols and stuff when it was, it was called, it was ASCII, but it was Pet ASCII, they shortened it to petsky so if you ever heard the term petsky that's what, it, that's what it is, and this is what they would use to make various graphics on the machine, so everything you see graphically generated on a pet is using all these, no no like, sprites. blocks and, uh, uh, and spades and all the stuff, those you know, little poker symbols and uh, all the crap that you would have that's on the keyboard, that's what they made. It's actually kind of, it, there's a beautiful art to it, in a way, that's to bit of a sit-down and make something
1: that looks like something effectively out of nothing. Listen, I mean, if you've got someone that's good, yeah. that, that really has a a mind for that kind of thing, yeah. you could pull off some amazing stuff. Yeah, I agree. Some amazing stuff. Uh, and you could also pull off a lot of crap, which is what you normally get. Yeah, I think it was 256 <laughs> characters.
0: That you had access to, you know. I was watching a video of a guy, and he was talking about so like these things came with uh, uh tape drives, right? Well, you're probably asking yourself, "Hey, dummy, where's the floppy drive?" Right? They made a gimmick, so the the pets got no expansion slots, none of that crap. That's that's that didn't happen. But what you could get was you could hook up to like the serial bus that was on the back, and ex- hook up an external device, right? And yeah. so. For a disk drive, much like it's funny, this is a, a this is a super funny thing that Commodore sends to do over and over. They had to make disk drives that were pretty much as smart as the computer because the disk drive had to do everything. Yep. It had to have the OS. It had everything, yeah. and computer. so they old oh, computer inside. They yep. came up with these with this external floppy thing that was almost as big as the pet, and it had the same processor in it. Yes, you know. And, if you could think about it, it has its own sixty five oh two in the disk drive, yeah. and it'd be this big, huge sidecar that you would get. And from what I, what, I, for what I, cost a fortune. Oh yeah. And for, <laughs> from what I read, uh, I mean, you could put more than one drive in there. I think you could put oh, two. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, we the, the seen, six richest kings. And the... well, we, you know, the cocoa was sort of similar, but this thing's way bigger. By yeah. the way, yeah. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And the, uh, uh, but you could what uh, from the. Show I watched, they I guess you'd have these in a lab, and so people could a bunch of people could use them at once, they're like a printer used to be back in the day. So you would have to get time on the distro. If you imagine that, that t- it takes you back, when you have to do that. Yeah, no, I, I can totally see that being something that happens, absolutely. So, so as the pet got uh more advanced, and because there were obviously there were multiple yeah, versions, of it the ran pet, for a while. Uh, you lost that steel casing, they went with plastic. I will say, I You have
1: to. You have to start cutting price, and that's an that's an easy price cut.
0: Yeah, I was watching price cut. I was watching videos of people playing games, and you could tell which uh version of the pet case they had because when you typed on this thing or hit the buttons and played a game, it sounded like you were hitting like a a a kettle drum. It's like boom, 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 boom. It echoed through. I mean, it's such a cool sound, though. You know what I mean? (laughs)
1: Did you see that in the ear? Yes. Yeah, I saw some. People playing games when it's like, <laughs> well now, less cracky, like you said, more more thumpy. Oh, one more
0: thing I want to mention, and this is something else I saw a, 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 on a show. So you know how uh, you can do these peaks and pokes, okay? Yeah. yeah. There's a poke you can do. Allegedly, in fact, I guess it's a, it's a done deal. If you type in the command poke 59458, day comma sixty two. You could screw your display up so bad that you could damage the, the pet. It's called the killer poke. It's a killer, it's a killer poke. I'm poking you. Yes. I wish I had one of those. So, listen, you're already damaged. So, the killer poke. Oh, Paul Kitchen says he's done it a few times. You're out of your mind. And apparently, this, sometimes they'll bake this into the software. The killer poke, somebody just
1: being jerks.
0: So that is well, diabolical.
1: Can, I mean, can you imagine being in a magazine? and Because magazines, all those type in programs. Yeah. You throw that in there and then you publish that, and little brats are on their dad's business machine typing stuff in. Yeah. Hit enter and kill the machine. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I would live in terror. Yeah.
0: No kidding, eh?
1: So, you know,
0: these, the pets thrived. They were good sellers. They sat somewhere in the price range between the Apple and like, the TRS-80. The TRS-80 owned the low end of the yeah. market. Of course, Apple, the tradition continues. Uh, you can't afford those outrageous prices. Yeah. So this thing sat somewhere in the middle. It was a good hit uh, amongst uh, businesses and schools. It got into a lot of schools. They have a version of this. They call it the Teacher's Pet that they gave away to teachers. Great name. Couldn't, you had to do that, right? Absolutely. So how were the games? Well, we looked at a couple games, but I looked at a bunch. I looked at a then bunch Then I myself. chose the
1: one I did. Uh, wow! <laughs> yeah, you so, didn't look at enough. Well, I chose my game first, and what was those around? So here's the thing: yeah, a lot of pet games are text based, yeah,
0: text adventures, including re- they had uh, commercial releases. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely, tons.
0: Yeah, and uh, uh, but yeah, they also had a lot of clones. Yes. And as was the style of the time. Yes. Uh, and so you got to see every four sort of space invaders uh, or Star Wars knockoff or whatever. Which is okay, but I will say they had some pretty impressive games given the limitations of the uh, graphical abilities of the machine. I thought they—I mean, I, I thought it was—I mean, it's not. I don't think there is. It's not as uh, impressive as they the Model
1: Two and Three stuff for the Tandy. I was to see that's what I was going to say. I think while they did have some games that were impressive for the system, it was not one of these machines where you find exceptional. Uh, software. Now there might be exceptional software out there that I just didn't see. I probably looked at thirty-ish games. I yeah. really went through a lot of them. Although I saw a text adventure, I clicked out and moved on. Yeah, I, you know, I don't got time to get into those. And text adventures are, you know, they're they're not system based. They're just
0: the game, story. Their games are rarely available. It's funny. It loads just like a Commodore sixty four. Yeah. Load quote whatever the name of the thing is quote comma eight comma one just. It's funny how that stuff carried forward. We should also mention that of course this did well and then moved it was uh ultimately replaced uh with the Vic twenty. Yeah, which was a huge seller, which was ultimately replaced by C sixty four, which you saw. It. So Commodore, boy, moving into well, well you're you're missing a, a few steps, but yeah. Well, I mean that's that's a, no, those are the steps from this to the VIC twenty to the C sixty four. That's the steps. Uh, that was the staff. Now you, oh, no, so they're going to throw some weirdness in there, like that. Yeah,
1: sixteen. Yeah, but that,
0: believe it or not, I think that was after the sixty-four. <laughs> yeah, listen, they did some weird stuff. Don't even get me started on some, some of the stuff. If you want some real wacky Commodore stuff, watch my magazine read-along. They talk about a Commodore I never heard of. It was only released in Japan. There so you there go. go. <laughs> so we did look at some games, though. With all that said, uh, the Brent. And uh, we, I think we came up with some games. We came up with some games. I'm going to lead the dance this week. <laughs> there was at least two games. <laughs> I'm going to be curtain jerking this week. Yes, uh, you Try are. to calm your heart, as I discussed with you, bam, about fire. Ah! Now, I'm not going to lie. That logo I use there may not necessarily go with the game, but I wanted to have something exciting to talk about. So if you look at that logo and think,
1: man, I want to play some pinball, there might yeah. be a reason. You know me, the brand. I'm a sucker. I must take off. I'm a sucker for uh, some top shelf graphical uh,
0: action. And I like to look through all this different stuff and, and find something that looks interesting to me. It looks different, unique. And I saw two games that really tickled my fancy, and I chose one of them. And the other one was a uh, lawnmower simulator, which looked really interesting. And it ultimately had better graphics and was a better game. But I didn't choose that. No, sir. And I I, I went down with the ship here. <laughs> We t- let's talk about fire with an exclamation point. Uh, developed uh, by a fellow named Brian Sawyer, uh, he is credited with three other games on the pet. A game called Joust, and this is not the arcade game. This oh. is like you actually are jousting with oh. a sucker. Uh, a game called Everest, where you uh, climb Everest. Guess, that's got to ma- be a mountain climber. This is a real interesting one, too, because in Everest, the, the number there are numbers that make up the mountain. And the numbers represent the amount of energy it takes to get past that part of the mountain. And you've got to set a limited amount of energy, Since you're going to plan your path up the mountain. I'll yeah, why didn't we play that? I don't know. And no. then he also did a, a, a sort of a ballyhoo game called Dungeon, which is a roguelike. This also looked great. So all these games looked great. <laughs> and then you, pick what <laughs> and you I picked. picked this. Uh, this was released uh, in January of 1980. Now this is interesting, Brent. This was a this game was not a commercial release as such. This game appeared on, in Cursor number 16. Yeah. I, I was like, well, yeah, I will had to look and see what Cursor number 16 was. Magazine. Well, no. Oh. Yeah. It was, but Magazine it wasn't. Was, oh, okay. So cu- the Cursor series, now get this. The Cursor newsletter was published by this outfit called The Code Works. Uh, it ran from July of 78 to May of 82. This was a, effectively a newsletter on tape. That you could buy, wow, very interesting. And so this sort of like you know we all have magazines with tapes or with discs on them. This is sort of like that the precursor to that. Uh, Boy, that had to have been expensive. Cursor uh, had, had been expensive. each each tape had a magazine on a short newsletter on it. that can and then it also would have some programs on it. Uh, uh, it was the, put together by Brian Jeffries and Glenn Fisher of a software company called Code. The code works out of California, uh, and each one of the uh, issues would have a cover page. They did it up nicely. Just for fun, I looked at what was on the, the uh, cursor number 16 that Fire was on. And so here's what you got in cursor 16. Just is a good side shot of what you would expect to get on these things. Sure. So, you got something called Cover 18. Uh, when you, it's called. When you press any key, patterns will fill the screen with characters, and then if you hit a shifted space, it blanks the screen run again, so you can just do it over and over. All right, and then after that, the table contents comes out to show you what's on the tape. Not that, but still, they put a little art. Uh, yeah, into it. yeah, they did
1: more than nothing, and that's acceptable.
0: I noticed that every one of these uh, items have an exclamation point after them, so I don't know if that was the theme of this magazine or they were really excited. There's a game called Nab. It's you against the computer as you try to escape from a head-on crash. Oh, God. By Malcolm Michael. Then you've got fire, uh, and fire is described as you pilot a fire department helicopter uh, as you try to put out a blaze by Brian Sawyer, as we mentioned. Then there was aliens. Uh, The aliens are attacking, but you can protect Earth by destroying them before they land. That was by Michael Hamilton. Then Bonzo. Uh, Randall Lockwood wrote this game. Of the Bonzo Dog Chase. That's all it's got for that one. And lastly, you've got catch, play catch with the pet by George uh, Lindell or Lodi, excuse me. And so then you would have you could read your newsletter. That's pretty good. And that's it. So that's where the that's where this game came from. And I looked at a lot of games. You came know, from that from that n-
1: knowing that now because I did not know that I did yeah. not go into the history of your game. I loaded it up, I got to. sad, and then, yeah. then closed it. Uh, I I I already think higher of your game now than Thank I did you. before I said. Listen, down. I got to
0: play every angle. Uh,
1: so <laughs> this is all just an elaborate ruse, isn't it? It's <laughs> funny because when you're
0: investigating these games from way back again, this was night. You got to think this was way back in 1980, early 1980. Yeah. All right. So uh, you are you've got to just to
1: try to find a description of your game. I had to go back and just read the newsletter, oh, Aaron. Yeah. Look at that. The exclamation mark means it has sound. It was a cursive thing that they did. Oh, Paul! There Kitching. you go.
0: Thank Bravo. you, Bravo! Paul. Paul. That is
1: that's brilliant. Yeah, Paul has
0: a uh, Paul has a pet, and so I have a pet. That, and by the way, this did have the yeah. option for sale, so that makes sense.
1: That uh, that's awesome news. Very good. Thank Very you, good. Paul.
0: Uh, so, uh, so we. I read the description of my game, uh, but I to go in a little bit more in depth. Uh, this is a uh, well. I'm glad you're going to go farther than they yeah. did. So what? Let's yeah. We'll just get right into what what this is. <laughs> I mean, let's. Not, I tried to put it off, but let's just get into it, man. You can't win them all. So, I mean, it looks good. You got to give me that. Uh, all right. So,
1: I mean, yeah, it, it looks good. It looks fire good. is
0: a firefighting simulator, uh, and this is from the from the notes here, in which the player is in control of a helicopter that must douse the fire that takes a grip on one or more flats. All right. You can move your flats helicopter means. Building. That's right. I'm, did you Apartments. not know that? I, I was, I was informing the audience. They there. know.
1: I, some of them know. I know see,
0: not at all, West Virginia. Uh, the, the player can move your helicopter, and this is one of those helicopters that's like the double. You yeah, know what I mean, yeah, it's got like a gimmick here, and then like another dude. Well, I don't
1: know if that's what they were actually trying to do, but, but okay. It is. So ugh, it's
0: got it's got a big tail end. Is what I'm saying. Well, it's, it's like a cargo chopper. Although you you do fly your helicopter back. Yeah, well, sometimes you do. Uh, the, so you can move the chopper in four directions and also hover using the water cannon. Cannon, huh? Uh, <laughs> the player more, can, more like a
1: bucket. <laughs> yeah,
0: players can douse the flames. Water is in limited supply. Uh, but one of the rooftops allows a player to replenish the water supply. It's the one all the way to the right. Never did that. I did. You didn't know about it, did nope. you? I knew it. The fire, like a real fire, will slowly and erratically expand in all directions. The player wins when the fire is put out, but loses if unsuccessful within three minutes. So... As the description mentioned, you've got three buildings that are. I think they did a decent job making buildings out of what they had. Absolutely. Yeah, they look good. a chopper looks like a chopper, and you uh, you take off from one building, and you go across and try to put out the fire. The fire always starts in the one in the farthest away building. Yeah. At the top of the screen, you've got a counter that tells you how much time you've got left. it counts up to three minutes, and then you've got a water counter. You've got you start with fifteen. 100 gallons of water, not that much. And then you, uh, well, me I mean, for this, it's not. Yeah. And you could replenish your supply if you go and basically land on the farthest building from the fire, starting out with these two like uh, T's on the top of it. That's where you land. So when you go over the fire, you'll see the fire represented. I mean, it looks like fire, it's wiggly uh, lines to oh, go back and like forth. It looks like fire
1: generated on the pad.
0: Yeah, that's right. And so uh, what you do is, and there's a list. That you can see if you're watching a homie's list in the program because this was uh, written in Pet Basic there. Um, what you do is you negotiate your way across the screen with your chopper. You put the chopper over the fire. You hit your button, and you drop water on the fire. And as you drop the water, it will penetrate the fire more and more until you can ho- hopefully take out like a whole, like one Character wide lane of fire. Column of fire. And you could go yeah. through the columns like that and put it out. Once you play this game for a while, you could put the fire out pretty easily. Yes. Uh, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, and, and I never, you
1: really don't even have to refill,
0: but you can. No.
1: I, I, I did not know about the refill function at all. Yeah. I mean, anytime the fire would jump to the second building, because there's three buildings, and the fire could actually jump to the other buildings, yeah. which that's clever. If I if I wasn't over the second building when the thing jumped, I was just like, okay, I'll lose. Yeah. Well, uh, but, um, yeah, the, it's it's an interesting mechanic. Yeah. The, the, the dumping of the water, it only takes, extinguishes some of the flames. Right. And then you can dump more in that column, and it actually takes out more than you did the first time. Yeah. So it's a cascading effect. It's and also, kind of a the, neat mechanic.
0: When you, we should mention that when you drop the water on the fire, the fire turns into an at sign. Which well, is like smoke, right? That's what they're yeah, trying to simulate yeah. is smoke. So a few things about this. Number one, uh, if you are, I don't have a pet myself, I and mean, you don't either. Yeah. But if you want to play this, uh, know up front that it requires you to use the uh, the numpad. pad, yeah. which I didn't have. So I had to do a bunch of rigmarole to get yeah. it to work. Uh, but I mean, what it's really, this thing actually emulates quite easily. They've got the emulation for the pet down pretty good, if I'm. Oh, it. sure, yeah. sure. I, I didn't have any trouble with it, but that's what that's and a lot. I looked. At a lot of games that require that keypad. Yeah, the, the numpad, pad, and so if you don't have the numpad, you're you're going to figure out a way to transfer the keys over or whatever. Um, the the chopper, like I said, we, there are three buildings to get across the screen. The chopper uh is not going to win a speed race that's for sure the chopper is so low going across the screen it meanders at at a sightseeing pace as it as it goes towards the fire and once you get to the fire you've got to be very careful when you drop the water because you time is of the essence and also the best thing to do i've learned is when you get to the fire work the fire side closest to the next building first. Absolutely. And that way, spread. that way you won't have to worry about it spreading. And then once you do that, you can pretty much take out the fire, even at the slow pace you've been given. Yeah. Uh, you could waste tons of water if you want to uh, and still have enough to get it through. Um, that's the game. I mean, there's not a whole lot to it. Uh, the sound... It's just some beeping and booping.
1: Yeah. And I'm not to write right that. Yeah,
0: it. it's not, this is not uh, anything. <clears throat> but I mean, still, it is sound. You're getting some sound. It's funny, we think about it. The original PET, you had to literally solder in your own speaker. So the fact that, you know, not everything had sound because there was no sound. Now, a, a few
1: things that need yeah. to be said. Go ahead. The controls on this game, what what you think would be simple, are garbage. The, well, get, the, the, the response yeah. time, and the response on the co- on moving the helicopter and dropping the water is not good. You think that was on purpose to no. like
0: simulate? <laughs> because you'll get going one way and you're begging to go the other way. Yeah. Or down, yeah. and it's the chopper's like, Nah, we'll get around to it. It's like the buffer keyboard buffer or something wasn't working right. Yeah. It's not the easiest thing to control. You get used to it, though. I will say that. Um, uh,
1: another thing worth noting, uh, while you do have the ability to move up and down. Outside of a supposed landing and getting more water, never needed. I no, never yeah. went up and down the well. The, the only
0: thing in. it does is, I mean, well, you could go all the way down to the fire and drop your water. There's no need to do that. Well, I mean, maybe it makes a, it may make it. I don't, I never did it, but you can. It, it just it gives you the freedom to do it.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, but give, it, them, that. They, give them that. They don't much. really do anything with it. Um, graphics. I, they're fine. Yeah, I, I know what I know. What's building? I yeah. know what's fire. I thought the fire was pretty clever. Actually, I did a good job with the flame. Yeah, I no, I agree. Uh, the sound garbage. The gameplay loop itself very simplistic. This is, well, like I said, I thought this was a, a, a commercially released game. No, I, I thought it maybe as like some kind of compilation, which I guess sort of it was. Uh, but knowing that this came in a magazine. Or a a a sort of a magazine, yeah. yeah. Um, that makes me feel a lot better about yeah, this. This reminds me of something we'd type in from
0: like Rainbow or something. Yes, you know, back in the day. Yeah. And so, uh, it, along so, those lines, uh, yeah, you get it gets more. Hey, it is. It's kind of fun. It's different. I've never played a game where you do this, Roy. Per se.
1: Well, I mean, what do you do? You, I'm you, drop you, water. I'm just, yeah, you're a firefighter. It, it, it's reverse Space Invaders. Well, except not the really. Space Invaders don't, said, move. don't
0: don't break it down. It does. <laughs> it can't sustain that. <laughs>
1: Jerk, <laughs> but no, I uh, should you run out and, and, and locate fire? No, no, you shouldn't. Well, that's however, your... it's so easy to find because you can yeah. play this right off of archive.org, yeah, along with a, a plethora of pet
0: goodies. And you can get these cursors like complete on tape, the whole tape, you can download the whole tape, yeah, too, if you want to, so.
1: but yeah, so. Would I do that? Would I load it into a web browser and look at it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'll do fun. that because it's interesting to see how they did the fire. Yeah, how they did the buildings. Um, that aspect of it, I think, is enjoyable enough to give it two, three minutes of your time.
0: Plus, the cool thing is, since it's all done in basic, you can go in there and tinker with it if you want to.
1: You don't want to tinker
0: with I, it? I might do that. So we got believe it or not, we that. had a uh, we had a listener review here, Brent you can believe that our buddy pajaco took a look at this bad boy in his spare time good for you pajaco he writes uh i kind of like this game however it's too slow and clunky to be fun most of the time the graphics for its time and the fire is a really nice effect uh the main issue for me is it takes forever to get across the screen start putting out the fire and depending on the random uh seed you start with the fire can easily be out of control before you can even make it across the screen and start yes. tackling it. That is true. <laughs> that is very true. On some playthroughs, the fire has already reached the second building before I got to the first building. and At that point, you're
1: fighting a losing battle. I will say, once the fire gets to the second building, you're probably bugged. Yeah, if you don't take it out immediately. If you're over top of it and it jumps, you can hit it, hit it, you're okay. But otherwise, man
0: The game also has some bugs uh, where when you try to press the keys too quickly, the game starts to do odd things. I Yes. Uh, like randomly dropping water when you try to move. Nice looking, good concept, but not a great game to play. Four out of ten. I think that's fair.
1: Four I out. think everything he said was fair and accurate.
0: I-, I think he missed a great game here. I need Aiken you- needs to go what? back, and it was an awesome game that we all love. That's what I think. <laughs> Dude, cl- watch out, Mario! Now we've got <laughs> helicopter man. That's right. You got it right. So that was fire. It sure was, Brent. I kind of liked fire. Come on. Now, listen, you're talking a lot of a big game here, the Brent. Yeah. What do you got? What did you bring to
1: the table this week? Meteorites. That's it. Just jump right into it. eh? Absolutely. Holy cow. Let's talk about a good game. Uh, (coughs) Wait a minute. Now, before we talk about what this game is, how it's played and all that stuff, we've got to look back, way back, to who published this game. All right. And that is a little company called SuperSoft. All right. SuperSoft. You know it's good. Remember that name. All right. 1981, SuperSoft. And SuperSoft has its own interesting story that we are going to touch on because it's too interesting not to. Yeah, do it. Founded in 1978, Aaron, uh, they started out working with hardware. And guess what they made for the Commodore PET in the hardware department? I don't know. It's gonna blow your mind. Yeah. Standard resolution of the pet. Yeah. Eighty by fifty. Yeah. Okay. Eight. That's 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 small. That's yeah. That's not a good resolution. Yeah, well, no, that's,
0: that's standard for business. Correct. Yeah.
1: Correct. You know what they did? I don't know. Add one card to the pet to raise the resolution to three twenty by two hundred. Oh. Holy oh.
0: crap! Holy crap! They, they made crap. a video add-on. They eh? made a
1: video card for the Commodore You sure it just wasn't like one of those magnifying glasses they put in front of the <laughs> screen? No. Uh, this gave them a lot of confidence. And it made them go, wow, we're doing some good stuff here. So they started to break into software. And while their main business was uh, uh, doing business applications, because that, you know, that's what the PET's for, yeah. they did dabble in games. And... The uh, the founder of SuperSoft was, I'm going to probably mess up these names, Peter Calver and Pearl Wellard. All right. Now, I'm not sure what happened to Pearl Wellard. I can't find any definitive information. I don't know if he passed on. I don't know if was he Pearl just, a guy? Uh, I don't know. I've never heard of a guy named Pearl. Well, now you have. Maybe. <laughs> so, uh, but, but Peter Calver took this business and he did a lot with it. The first thing he did was spin the business off uh, to a, a different company when he purchased Audio Jer- Audio Jerick. Audio Jerrick. I think is how you pronounce that name it. Sucks. Uh, well, what are you gonna do? Yeah. And he took that, and that's the really where he did the bulk of his software stuff. Yeah. Um, but to get to that point, he did some stuff with SuperSoft. SuperSoft, by the way, Aaron still technically a company today. Mm. While it hasn't produced anything since the 1990s, (laughs) (laughs) uh, uh, Peter is still, uh, keeps the business license up, and he is still, the company is still technically in existence. Okay? So, what did he do? He said, we're going to start making some clones. He made a a Pac-Man clone called the Super Glooper, uh, made the game we're talking about today. It's not good with names, is it? But he also did one of the first time in gaming history, uh, I I can't pin down if this is the actual first time, but it's definitely one of the first time, licensed a property. Oh, And he licensed Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, okay. And he said, you know what? Bam, we got this. Got the license for a song because this was before the, the huge boom of hitchhikers. Yeah. And uh, said, We're going to make a text adventure game off of this license. Oh, and that's what so he did. So that's where that
0: came from? So
1: he took that license, started making, started giving it some uh, polish, made a text adventure game. Well, what happened next was uh, Hitchhikers got the galaxy, folks said, uh, What are you doing? You can't have the license to this game and sued them. But I thought you said he bought the license? <laughs> well, he he did. Sort of. He bought it from the individual, not from the company that... No, I'm sorry. It was the other way around. He bought it from the company that published the book, Yeah, but not the man who wrote it. Okay. So the man who wrote it sued them and one, so they could no longer sell Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Douglas Adams, I believe. Yes, is the guy. you are correct. And uh, it was it was not Supersoft's fault because the book publisher actually paid Supersoft's legal fees. Yeah. So Supersoft was in the clear, uh, uh, and they had to pull the game off the shelves, destroy all the unsold copies, re-release the game as Cosmic Capers. Okay. But uh, and, and Cosmic Capers actually sold. I mean, it sold like crap, but it sold okay. Yeah, because it was it was basically the same game. It was actually an upgraded version of Hitchhikers. Because Hitchhikers, uh, well, I'm sure was this a text game? Text yeah. game, yeah. And they 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 shoehorned in the plot because they did. Mm-hmm. They obviously they ultimately did release a
0: text version.
1: And well, Infocom yeah made a t- a version of the game. Interesting. So that's that's some of the fun behind uh, uh Super Soft. <clears throat> now Peter Kavler is still active today. He is credited with some big games, uh Super Loops, uh Super temp- Super Tennis Champs, um Made a lot of cricket games uh-huh. for the Commodore 64. That's where they... He didn't say, make the
0: Gooch one, did he? Is Gooch one of the ones he did? No. Okay. No. I played that one.
1: Uh, but he also did stuff like Krusty Super Fun House. He did arcade games. Yeah. You remember Exterminate in the arcade where you play the hand and yeah, you with kill the, the, the bugs, spray bottle or lost whatever? Lost tons of money on that, he said. Oh, he did that one? But yeah. That they, game looked weird, man. They, they were part of that. So, very interesting character. He also, uh, just to update on what he's doing now, he runs a website called Lost Cousins, which goes and teams up family members, uh, lost family members to ancestors in their past, uh, a genealogy type thing. Uh, That's his main focus now. But the dude is very... uh, He's open for interviews, not that we did any, but I read a lot of interviews that he gave, and his, his game-making days are behind him. Uh, now he, he's more focused on his website, but he says he's got drawers and drawers and drawers of ideas. He's an idea guy. He loves coming up with stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's just, you know, you can't implement it. And he said he knew by the uh, early 80s they weren't going to be able to keep up. Things were getting too... You know, they were they were a small publisher, a small company... And he did farm out and do some work for some other people, but he knew that this wasn't going to be something he could maintain. And that's why he went other directions and opened up the website, stuff like that. Mm. So big, big thumbs up to that guy. Uh, He got screwed in a couple ways, but I think ultimately pretty successful career. And he's still out there today. So let's talk about Meteorite and what it is on the pet. And if you want to bring up the big screen let these uh, lovely people, see this amazing footage. In meteorite, you are basically playing Missile Command. <clears throat> you have a uh, a space setting where you have gun buildings at the bottom, or just buildings. They don't have to necessarily see guns because the guns don't come out. The shots don't come out like in Missile Command. Uh, and meteorites are falling from the sky. You've got to shoot them down before they hit the buildings. Now, if a meteorite hits the ground, but doesn't hit a building, you don't lose anything. The ground shakes. It has this really cool effect, but you don't actually lose the building. It's not just if it makes it to the surface. Uh, The meteorites are really, look really nice. They're pretty round. Yeah, Yeah, they do really amazing uh, work with what they've got to work with. And the middle square has some different symbols just to kind of give it a different look. Uh, D.E. Anthony, I don't know what the D or the E stands for. I looked forever trying to give this guy credit. Uh, But uh, Mr. Anthony is the guy who actually programmed the game. And he did a really good job. It's a very solid game. Yeah. It uh, plays in waves. Uh, You start on level zero. You can get to level 5, and then the game kind of loops. It's a score-based game. You're just trying to get high score. There aren't advancements in your weaponry, but as the game goes on, it does get harder and faster. Uh, your, the sound is the basic beeps and boops. Um, the graphics are outstanding, uh, and the gameplay is pretty smooth. When you shoot uh the game does pause uh and when you when a meteor hits the ground or the meteorite hits the ground it does kind of pause the game, shakes the screen a little bit, does the effect. But past that, moving the cursor around to shoot and the meteorites coming down, super smooth, very nice action. I was very impressed at what they could do. Um difficulty wise the game starts out too easy I feel um, you can get through waves zero through three without much difficulty but on four and five you are really moving around the street screen trying to get everything at the end of every level you get a base back Aaron what did you think of meteorite
0: well I will say I played this after I played fire <laughs> And I mean, this was a roulette down from fire. No, I'm just kidding. It's way better. Uh, listen, they did a great job. The background, I mean, you look, you feel like you're in like a, uh, I don't know if you, I, in my mind, I was on like an alien world and you were like protecting the uh, The moon, break like the moon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the asteroids are surprisingly cool looking. The I like the gun. Now, you know, one of the things you're going to have probably with every pet game like this, an arcadey type one, is that you got to, Move around with the cursors, you know, with the keys and the and the you know, it's not what I would call you like using a mouse, you know what I mean? Uh, But uh, I thought it was pretty good. It's pretty fun. Uh, You it gets crazy, yeah. Like the amount of meteors you get like
1: later on, it's like it's impressive. Well, and the reason why it runs so well. It's just not, it's written in machine code. Uh-huh. So it really gives it a chance to run at full speed yeah. and really get in there and do the job right. Yeah. I, I was impressed. It, it actually is sort of fun. You know, you're right. There's a pause whenever you hit the
0: fire mm. uh, button, but that, it's forgivable. Again, you've got to understand the limitations of a game from 1981, yeah. on, with, given what the parameters had to work with. Uh, it's very arcadey though. You can play for score. It keeps the high score. It's got a thing that tells you the level at the top. It's neat. It's great when an asteroid doesn't blow up one of your buildings. Yeah, when it, you feel good about that, you know, because that also that happens and stuff. You know, obviously they they played some Missile Command. Yeah, we get the idea for this, but they did. They took the. I like the spread of the buildings. It actually plays sort of differently than uh, you would play like a Seawolf or a Missile Command because you're used to stuff being a certain spot. This these meteors fly in different patterns. And like I said, when it gets when you get later on, like I don't, I didn't really pay attention how far I got because I was, but I was, you know, it was getting to the point where I mean, they were like, I don't know how many asteroids you can have on, or meteors on the screen at once, but it felt like it's a lot, yeah. It was
1: like a ton, and they were everywhere. And you get to the point where you're bone. And something that's very unique about this game that makes it uh, uh, vastly different from Missile Command is the meteorites can go off the left side of the screen yeah. and appear on the right side of the screen. And your cursor can do the same thing, too. So it's not just a a cheap difficulty move, but it makes the angles that these things come in at, you think, oh, well, I'm fine. That's not going to hit anything. And then it goes through the screen, and it hits the thing just on the edge, uh, the base just on the edge. Yeah. So that made it very challenging.
0: Yeah, actually, the screen wrap, I I don't know if I've played one of these that does that. And and it it works. Yeah. This game is sort of like I'll tell you what it reminded me of. It's like the uh, it's sort of it's sort of a combination of a missile command and that game for the Intellivision Astro Blaster where you had to protect. Yep. Their, that there was sort of I felt sort of like that as well. Hey, that's a good combo, bro. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I, I give this
1: one a thumbs up. I really enjoyed it. Uh, the now I, I did. Uh, I, I really dug into this game, Aaron. Yeah, and I, I found. Two magazine things that I, I want to read a few snippets of. All right, go. One is an advertising from Super Soft. This is them trying to sell their game as a with a magazine advertisement. An all-action game in the style of Invaders. Your mission to defend seven moon bases against a shower of meteorites by blasting them out of the sky. If you survive the first wave, there are five more to face. And then, Will, you'll find out. And you'll find out because the game just starts over. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's better than saying, then the game loops." <laughs> yeah. yeah, you'll find out. The graphics are really superb. Just watch the way the ground shakes when the meteoric crashes into the lunar surface. And then it goes on. How much do you think this game was at launch, Aaron? In pounds. Uh, oh, I'd say
0: 10 pounds.
1: 8 pounds. That's close, yeah. So. I think I think that's a very good deal. Yeah. Now, in that same magazine, uh, the magazine people actually wrote a review on the game, and let me let me see if you can pick up the the, the subtle difference here, right. Aaron. The popular arcade games Missile Command and Asteroids have been combined to transfer to your pet screen, called Meteorites. The aim of the game is to protect seven bases from a swarm of meteorites descending from the heavens. The only way to survive is to blast rock showers with your laser gun, but you will find out it often serves only to shatter the meteorites into smaller pieces, yet just as deadly. Altogether, you have to fight off six waves of meteorite storms, scoring points on the hazards (coughs) on, uh, on your way with each hit. Other hazards to avoid are alien ships would swoop down intermittently to fire at bases under your protection. Shoot them down for bonus points.
0: This is another game. No, that's this is a review for meteorites. So that guy didn't play the game. The guy
1: did not play the game because that is not in the game. None of that. So I was going to say that's all, unless there's a version. We don't know about No, I looked. I thought that too. I thought maybe this was released in a different system. Uh, no. That game sounds even better. This reviewer, and this is a it's not like this was some kind of preview and it didn't make it. And he goes on to actually call Supersoft out by name that it's going to be on the pet. He actually even talks about the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy game. Yeah. Uh, and, and how that's also come to the pet from Supersoft. So the guy did research onto that, but never played the game because the meteorites. Uh, blowing apart into smaller fragments and the alien ship coming down are not part of the game maybe he played like a, a no. Early. no you're not no. Buying it. okay no the guy did not play the game well, man 1980s computer magazines i love it that never changed it <laughs> and for those wondering this was uh computers and video game magazine issue one. Wait a minute.
0: Electronic computers. And, no, it's not the one I read. Is no. It? Okay. Computers and video game magazine. Okay, I was going to say because I would have, I would have looked that up. Pretty interesting. Uh, we had a uh, listener review, Brent. If you would like to partake, absolutely. Uh, our, our our good buddy Pajaco also gave this one a whirl. He says we can't do Missile Command. What's the next best thing? Meteorites, a fun and frantic game that has all the elements of a good arcade game. The game moves at a good pace. The target reticle moves quickly so you feel in control of the game. It's certainly quicker than the helicopter. Yes. I managed to make it to the end of the game where everything resets, but at levels four and five, the action gets very... Yeah, boy, this is true. At levels four and five, the action gets very hectic, and by the end of the game, I was down to two bases and was panicking. The meteorite graphics are a little samey. They had different cores, but I didn't notice any uh, mechanical differences between them. However, it didn't detract from a fun game, that would have me coming back for more. Had I owned this system and game originally, the graphics are, uh, while simple, are great, and the sound is brilliant. That's and the whole good. screen shaking effect uh, when a meteorite thumps down is awesome. Eight out of ten puts high praise yeah. from our good buddy Jocko. I think that's very fair. I thought it was. A, I thought the ground shaking was cool. It's a good idea too. Yeah, uh, and I, I like it. If only they could have made the game YouTube was in that review, we'd be really laughing. <laughs> So good stuff. So you know, before
1: we close out here on the uh, on the pet, any parting thoughts? What do you think of this thing? Um, the pet is a very mixed beast. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I I looked at a lot of games. Uh, and this game, the system had a lot of text games, a lot of uh, poker uh, that those type of things, uh, and the games that it did have for it were average at best. However. There were certainly some highlights. Meteorite was definitely probably the best game I played on the pet. I'm not saying it's the best game for the pet. I'm saying of the games I played, I would put it at the top. I will say I like these old
0: systems because it's like the Wild West. Absolutely. That's what makes makes it fun. Yep. And it's fun to give these uh, old games a twirl occasionally because you never know what you're going to find when you you, uh, give it a shot. Speaking of which, you never know what you're going to find when you twirl the wheel. There it is. Now, Brent, it's been a long time since you actually fiddled with the wheel, eh? You want to uh, go over what's in this thing. By the way, the, I will go ahead and say that the new piece, of the Retro Rewind piece, this Sega Saturn, yes. Brent. What
1: new piece did you put on the, the wheel? The new
0: piece that we've got this time around is, um, let me see here. I've got to remember uh, what it was. Uh, Light Gun Games? Light Gun Games. That's it from Herms. You probably want to thank Buck Owens for suggesting the pet. Yes,
1: actually, they, uh, again, anytime you can find new, fun, and interesting stories, uh, which I did, I did way more, I spent way more time deep diving the uh, stories behind these games than I did playing them, and I enjoyed every single second of it. You I have, love it. you have a thought on what you like to see on the wheel this Burger
0: way? games, baby. Oh, God. Just I'm begging it. for I it. I hope we don't get that.
1: Give it a whirl, dude.
0: Man, I was like,
1: you don't mind if I spin like a man, dude. Oh, would well, you get out of here
0: with that? And the winner is what is the winner? The A the A Ace Tronic MPU 1000 suggested by Hermsky. What is that? We don't know. But it's been on there for a while, so we're gonna do it. That's <laughs> Read that again, Brent. What is the Ace Ace-tronic Tronic
1: MPU 1000?
0: All right. Ace Tronic MPU 1000 coming up next week, Brent. you got to get excited about that. Are you excited about that?
1: I, I don't know.
0: Looks like we're going to be learning. <laughs> we're going to be learning quite a bit uh, this coming around. Look. I mean, this,
1: this week was a huge research week for me, and yeah. I enjoyed it a lot, so maybe I can get another good find. I want to. I've got a couple of things I want to talk about here before we
0: take this thing to the house any big shows coming up or anything, but I want to mention that if you are uh, listening to this or watching it in the show notes, you will see a link uh, to uh, friends uh, looking for someone to donate a kidney. If you uh, have anyone that already enlists, uh, I want to put that link out there to see if uh, he can find a donor for his friend. Always sad when that happens, and so we've all got to band together to help people. That are in need and have the right
1: blood types and stuff. So yeah, I'll post- I mean, this is this is uh, this is not a game, guys. It this you could really go out there and save somebody's life.
0: That's right. Uh, so I will post a uh, I'll post a link that at the in the show notes so you can check it out. And if you're listening to the audio, I'll post it in the show notes there as well. Uh, one other thing, Brent. You know, last week we had our Odyssey Two slash video pack episode. Great episode. I covered a game called Shays Maxim. All right? Yes. Uh, and I remember saying, I was like, boy, someone should pick the, t- take the mantle up. This game's got good bones, and they can really do something with it. Someone did in less than a week. Someone took up the challenge. It's our old buddy, Happy Coding, who uh, works uh, on the ZX Spectrum. He did uh, Asteroids. He did that brilliant charity event, Christmas game. He's got a game going that's going to blow your socks off, I've seen the early builds, it's and amazing. it is amazing what it's he's really done amazing. in the span. In four hours after the show, he already had the bases of the game programmed in. Yeah, He's working with a uh, top-shelf graphics guy and has a, a great music. This is going to be awesome. Uh, it's still you know, a little bit early. I don't want to show anything before it's done, but I suspect it won't be too long before he's done. So this goes to show, if you want something bad enough uh, and you know a guy who's got the jack, you can get it done. I couldn't believe it in less than a week. He's yeah, be, it's, it's crazy. It's, you can move the you can move the guy around and everything. It's gonna be a lot of fun. And he's made some additions to it that uh are gonna make it even better than the uh than the video pack version. I'm looking forward to it. I Absolutely. love it. Well done, Happy. Uh do you got anything you want to talk about before we take this thing to the house? I really like butter. There you go. Well I can tell. So, uh next week the Ace Tronic MPU something should be good. And <laughs> You can't guarantee that. Okay. You yeah. can't guarantee that. Listen, it may be better than fire. I'll give you oh. that. Oh, please. <laughs> so, until next week, please, spay or neuter your Commodore pet. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks for joining us today. Special thanks to Duncan Styles for our vector-style graphic and Bart Bit for our amazing music. Would you like to help keep ARG spinning? You can do so at patreon.com slash ARG Presents. Just like these fine folks. Mario Ramey, Xenon K9, Jerry Dennington, John Dykeman, Air Airshack, Texas Foosballer, Sundown, O-Rom, Super Tech Boy, David Terrence, Mr. B, Roushey, Graham W. Vetke, Dave Velociraptor, Bernhard Lucas, Steve Rathmason, Anthony Jarvis, Bitter Blitter, Pachaco, 6502, Kevin Bean, Andy Jones, Andy Craig, Rob, Black O'Hara, Jason Warrens, Mitsuyama, Chris Foles, Frodo and Elle, Gary Heather, Terry Howard, Olaf Hope, and Rollo, You can join us live every Sunday, 10 a.m. EDT on Twitch. Hope to see you there.